Good family, I want to become. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome to this pulpit again tonight. God bless him. I wonder, would you give that hand clap to the King of Kings tonight? Would you lift your voice like a trumpet? Hallelujah. Anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? I said, is anybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. No place I'd rather be than to be in the presence of God Almighty. Hallelujah. Has he been your healer? Has he been your provider? Has he been your sustainer? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I received a phone call today. Amen. From a, a preacher. He's uh, not even in this state at the moment. He's, he's off a good, good few many miles. And he called me. He said, Brother, did you notice that yesterday, you know, church just wasn't normal? You know, people were kind of complacent yesterday because it was New Year's. <laughs> and I just laughed. I couldn't help it. I just laughed. And I, this was my answer to him. I said, brother, I was in Bendale yesterday. <laughs> and that's all I had to say. He understood. Amen. Can I tell you, there's nothing like coming into the presence of the Lord with a made-up mind. Amen. It's good to be among people that know how to have a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This isn't a game. This isn't something we do just because. Amen. But when you put your heart into having a move of the Holy Ghost, anything can happen in the presence of God. Anything can happen before we leave here tonight. You can leave here with freedom. You can leave here with deliverance. You can leave here with a made-up mind that says, hey, I'm going all the way. I'm going all the way. I'm laying aside every weight, every sin, every shackle, and I'm going on to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, you know, I wasn't trying to be mean or nothing, but amen. Some people just know how to have church. Amen. And, you know, and I was thinking, amen, I am really, I'm only going to preach one message tonight. Amen. But I have noticed, I, I think I'm a little more long-winded when I'm here. And I think it's because y'all just make me feel so good while I'm preaching. Amen. So I just keep on preaching. You know? <laughs> Amen. So if I, Brother Bradford, if I get over into two hours or whatever, just kind of wave your hand at me or something. Amen. I'm going to hold you responsible for that. Amen. <laughs> remind, me that, remind me that there's food in the back back there. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I stay hungry, but I forget about it sometimes when I'm preaching. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse number 27. Amen. Such a wonderful presence of the Lord that was in this house uh, last night, yesterday morning, and even last night. Amen. You know, I was talking with uh, Pastor Moore, and I said, Brother, I'm not one of those guys that just has to say something. Amen. What would you add to something like that last night? Amen. I mean, what would you do? You make yourself look silly trying to add something to that. Amen. But the most important thing is that the anointing of the Holy Ghost would have its way in each and every service. Amen. The only thing that kept coming through my mind during the service last night was it's broken. Amen. And God did some mighty things around here in the house of the Lord last night. I don't know if you was aware of it or not, but God was doing some great and wonderful and mighty things in the house of God. There were, some, there were some strongholds that were broken in the name of Jesus last night. There were some walls that came down in the name of Jesus last night. There were some things that happened in the spirit last night. Hallelujah. Amen. Philippians chapter 1, amen, verse number 27 through verse 28 says, Only let your conversation, and a lot of times when we think of the word conversation, we think of dialogue between two people. But here this word goes a lot deeper to talk about our behavior, our lifestyle, the way we live our life. And Paul was saying only let your behavior, let your conversation, your lifestyle be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit. Somebody say one spirit. With one mind, somebody say one mind. Striving together. That phrase striving together means to wrestle in company with, to seek jointly. 
Paul was saying, I want you to come together in one spirit and one mind, and I want you to fight together. Not one against another, but I want you to wrestle with one another on the same team. Seeking jointly after the same purpose, the same thing. And he said, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Can I tell you, when we're working together, we don't have to be afraid of our enemy. We don't have to be afraid of our adversary. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition or a sign of their defeat. That evident token of perdition. But to you of salvation and that of God. Amen. I come to deliver my heart and my burden in the house of the Lord tonight. I'm going to tell you, there's only one direction that the church needs to go in, and that's forward. But it's more than just doing it individually. And we got to have our own personal walk with God. We got to have our own prayer life. We got to have the, our own days where we fast and we sacrifice and we push the plate back. We got to have our own dedication to God. But there is something powerful when the church comes together as a group, as a body. I said, there's something powerful when we begin to work together and say, we're all seeking after the same gospel. We're united under that same faith. I wonder, would you lay your Bibles down? Would you stretch your hands up toward heaven all across the house of the Lord? I wonder, would you begin to ask the Lord to help you? Would you begin to prepare your heart, to prepare your mind? God, I need you. God, I desire you. Oh, come on, would you stretch your voice up, lift your voice up to the Lord right now. God, I thank you, Jesus. God, I glorify your holy name. There is nobody like you, Jesus. God, help us to receive of you tonight, God. Help us, Lord, to stand before you with all of our hearts. God, open before you, God. We're nothing on our own. We're nothing without you, God. Lord, I humbly come before you, God. I pray that you would empty me of myself, my own ideas, my own opinions. God, I pray that you would fill me with your holy anointing, God. Lord, let your will be done in this house tonight, God. It is your anointing that destroys every yoke of bondage. It is your anointing that lifts the heavy burden off the shoulders of your people, God. And if any good thing would happen in this house tonight, Lord, let it be said, it was because of your anointing. Oh, you ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. In the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, won't you lift your voice? Come on, let that hand clap be for him. Thank you, Jesus. I magnify, I exalt your holy name. Come on, somebody ought to call on the name of Jesus. That name that is above every name. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Brother, I, I left my handkerchief in that pocket, but I'm going to need it here in a minute. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Forward together. Amen. Forward together. Amen. Can I tell you that as Paul began to talk, I'm sorry, brothers, I got you on a wild goose hunt. I got it right here. Amen. <laughs> I got it. I was just testing y'all. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> just bring me the sleeve when I soak through this. Amen. <laughs> Paul is writing to the Philippian church. And he wants to make sure to them, he wants to remind them, even though I, I can't be with you right now, I'm desiring to be there. But even if I can't make it to where you are, my desire is to hear some good report about what's happening in your life and in your midst. And Paul starts out by telling them, I want you to make sure that your conversation, that your lifestyle, that your behavior is lining up with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people that like to call themselves Christians. There are a lot of people that would like to think in their mind or maybe even express with their words, I'm like him, I long to be like him. But their lifestyle says something totally different about them. It's one thing to say I'm a Christian. It's one thing to say I love him. 
But it's another thing to live it out in your everyday life. It's another thing to live it out in the decisions that you make. It's one thing for me to say I am like him and another thing for me to actually live like he lived. It's one thing for us to say this is how I want to be and it's another thing for us to actually get to that point in our lives. It should be our heart's desire to be a reflection of Jesus Christ. It should be our heart's desire that when people look at me, when people look at you, they don't just see who you are but they see Jesus in you they see the hand of God on your life they feel his his touch they feel his anointing upon every aspect and every part of your life we are not our own but we've been bought with a price it wasn't just some, uh, some little change It wasn't a small transaction, but it took every drop of the blood of Jesus to purchase your salvation. It took every drop of the blood of Jesus to purchase your salvation, to get you to that place where his blood could wash your dirty black heart and make it white as snow. When I was lost and undone, it was the blood of Jesus that washed me. It was the blood of Jesus that cleansed me. It was God that said, I want I want to redeem you. I want to purchase you. I want to buy you out of the hand of the world. And I owe it all to him. Amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 13. says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. That word knowledge means to know upon some mark. That is, to recognize. These men had spent so much time with Jesus that it had left a mark in their life. These men had spent so much time in his presence uh, that no matter where they went, uh, even when they begin to speak, people could tell, uh, hey, they've spent some time with Jesus. Uh, people could recognize why. Uh, because the presence of Jesus had marked them. Uh, the presence of Jesus had changed them. Uh, can I tell you, it's God's will uh, for this world to no longer recognize you uh, for who you used to be, uh, but for them to recognize, hey, uh, they've been with Jesus. I know who they used to be, but they're not the same anymore. They've been changed. They've been marked by the hand of God in their life. When we spend time with Jesus, it ought to change us. Amen. It matters who you partner up with. It matters who we spend time with in our everyday lives. Why? Because we begin to pick up on their traits. We begin to pick up on their way of talking, their way of speaking. We begin to act more like them. We begin to look more like them. And what a beautiful thing it is for us to get lost in the presence of Jesus. Why? Because we begin to look like him. We begin to talk like him. We begin to act like him. We begin to laugh like him. We begin to make a difference like him. God help me to have a made up mind that says the Lord forever change me. I want to line up with the gospel. I want to be a reflection of Jesus. I don't want it to just be words that I use, but I want it to be a lifestyle. I want it to be something to me when I'm walking or wherever I may be, up and down the street, driving in my car, grocery shopping or whatever I may be doing. When people look at me, I want them to notice there's something special. There's something different about that man. He's been touched. He's been marked by the presence of God Almighty. And it's God's will when he gets his hand on your life, not to leave you how he found you, but it's his will to mark you. It's his will to forever change your life. Amen. I know. I know we, we got to be patient with some people. I, I get that. I understand that. I've been part of the home missions church. I know what it's like to work with people. Oh, but at some point there ought to begin to be a change in our lives. 
There ought to be something that begins to stir in us that says, I don't have to be what I've always been, but I'm in the presence of Jesus, and he's changing me little by little, here a little, there a little. Hey, I'm beginning to line up with the Word of God. I'm falling more in love with this Word. Why? There's something in me that says, I don't want to just talk it. I want to walk it. I don't I don't want it to just be a part of me on Sunday, but when I wake up on Monday, I want it to be burning down in my spirit. I want it to be burning down in my soul. Hey, it's more. It's more than coming to church and fooling Brother Moore and say, oh, yeah, I look pretty good Sunday morning. I look pretty good Sunday night. This morning coming to church and everybody looking at one another and saying, oh, we, we still look pretty good. We still got it all together. Uh, but it'll be something that goes down deeper than that. It says, hey, this is more. Hey, this is more than just on the surface of my life. But when I fell in love with Jesus, I let it go way on down. I let it get down in there deep in my heart. And I let it cleanse me through and through. Amen. He reminds, yeah, make sure your behavior, make sure your lifestyle is lining up. And he knows it's important that we, we, that we are who we say we are. He knows it's important. Amen. We don't want to give fall off of a false impression, but we want to be who we really say we are. Amen. When we call ourselves apostolic, we ought to line up with the apostles' doctrine. We ought to make sure, hey, my heart is fixed and my mind's made up. And he goes on and says, not only that, but when I hear about you, I want to hear that you're in one spirit. I want to hear that you're in one mind. I want to hear that you're working together in harmony and in unity. Why? Because Paul understood that there's power when the body comes together. Amen. The body doesn't function right when there's discord. The body doesn't function right when there's division. And that's why Paul was saying, if you're going to be like Jesus, you've got to be in one spirit and in one mind. If you're going to look like him, you're going to have to talk the same talk. You're going to have to walk the same walk. And when you're fighting, don't fight with one another, but fight alongside one another, going toward the same goal. Hey, we can go places in the Holy Ghost. We can go deeper than ever before when we stand side by side. Amen. Paul feels very strongly about unity. He feels very strongly about being of one spirit and one mind. And even in, in chapter 2 of Philippians verse 2, he said, fulfill ye my joy. He said, make me, get me to the place where my joy is just overflowing. Get me to the place where I'm so excited. And how, how are you going to do that? That ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Paul said it's very important. Hey, it would just thrill me to see you walking hand in hand, being like-minded, having the same goal, having the same purpose, having the same made-up mind. It says, hey, it might not mean a lot to somebody else, but as for us, as for me and my church family, we're going to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a move of God that goes beyond the normal. We're going to have a move of God that goes beyond just a little bit for me and mine. But hey, it's about everybody. It's about everybody getting together. It's more than just about me and my wife. But I want to see my neighbors saved. I want to see my neighbors' babies in the altars filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hey, we're in this thing together. We're in this thing. God, get us on the same page with the made-up mind. We're moving forward together. Hallelujah. Paul said, you can be seated. Paul said, I want to see you. And I want to hear the reports. It lets me know you're in one mind and one spirit. Striving together. Most of the time when we hear about strife in the Bible, it's about a conflict between two people. It's about a struggle, a fight. Not with them fighting together, but fighting one another. 
We read of Abraham and Lot, how that their herdsmen strove together. They began to fight amongst themselves, and what did it do? It caused division. It brought a divide. It brought a separation. One went one way and one went the other way because strife brought division. The phrase strove together is used three times in the Word of God. And every time the phrase strove together is used, it's used to describe a conflict between two parties, two people fighting amongst themselves, two people fighting against one another, two people going against one another's throats, two people trying to get the better of one another. But now Paul is saying, I want to introduce something new to you. While you're fighting, make sure you're not fighting one another. Because the stress of this life, it'll cause you to get your defenses up sometimes. The stress that we walk through will cause us to draw up and cause us to take up our arms. Oh, but make sure when you pick up your weapons, they're not turned towards your brother. They're not turned towards your sister. But you got them pointed toward the throat of the adversary saying, hey, today, hey, we're standing together. Today, when we fight, we're not fighting one another, but we're fighting together. And we're moving forward. We're moving forward together. Paul said, I want you to fight. I want you to struggle. I want you to wrestle, but I want you to want to make sure that you're doing it together. I want you to make sure that you're unified with the cause of the gospel. That you're unified and you realize, hey, there's only one way to do this thing. And that's wholeheartedly. That's with everything that's within me. I've come to tell you 99 and a half won't do. Just a little bit won't do. But there's got to be something within you that says I'm putting everything into it. My mind's made up. I'm going all the way. I'm not going to live in yesterday. I'm not going to live and yesterday's blessings uh, when I'm moving forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Work. Wrestle together. Seeking jointly that one thing. That one thing that holds us all together. That is the truth that we believe. That is the faith that each and every one of us has. Does anybody here still believe there is but one God? Is there anybody here still believe that it takes repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins? Does anybody, does anybody still believe that you got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Evidence by speaking in other tongues. I come to tell you that's what ought to bring us together. That's what ought to draw us together in one mind and in one accord. Hallelujah. Oh, Paul said, I want you to fight. I want you to fight on the same team. Be unified with that common cause. Psalms 133, verses 1 through 3 says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious, what is? The unity is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. As the dew of Hermon. And as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Even life forevermore. Can I tell you tonight that unity is a powerful thing. Unity is a beautiful thing. David likened it unto the anointing oil that was poured upon Aaron and ran down his face. Ran down his beard. What did that anointing do to Aaron? It set him apart. It, it, it purified him. It cleansed him. And it gave him the permission. It gave him the authority to go just a little bit farther into the glorious things of God. Can I tell you what the anointing, what unity will do to the church? It'll give you permission. It'll give you authority to go just a little bit deeper. And you can get past, you can go past the veil into the holies of holies and be in the presence of God. Unity is a powerful thing. It's no mistake that it was likened to that anointing. And, and David goes further and said, even like when God, when his presence filled the mountains 
and where he was commanding his blessing, even life forevermore. That anointing, that unity rather, is like the dew that was covering the mountain. Oh, what a beautiful thing to be in the presence of a God. Oh, that's commanding blessing, even life forevermore. Can I tell you, the unity will bring us to heavenly places. It'll lift us up from where we are and cause us to stand on top of Mount Zion where God commands his blessing. Can I tell you, if you want greater church, if you want greater revival, if you want a greater outpouring, hey, go forward together. Let the unity wash over your mind. Let unity be what brings you together. Moving forward in the name of Jesus. Oh, it's not that we're special. It's not that we're good enough on our own. Oh, but when we come together, there's something that God honors about unity. That's something when God looks and he sees the people that have come together as one. Hey, when did the Lord pour out the gift of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost? It was when they were in one mind and one accord. They were praying together. Hey, they got past all the business. They got past all the formalities. And they got down to business with God. They were tearing. They were waiting. They were all, what was they looking for? They were all looking for the same thing. They were all focused on the same thing. All 120 of them said I need the Holy Ghost all 120 of them said I need to be filled with the power of God hey I'm not it's not so concerning what you're waiting on but God help us to wait on the same thing help us to wait on the moving help us to wait on the flowing of the power of God It was when they found that unity that there was fire, there was wind, there was something happened. There was a stirring that took place. It didn't just touch a corner here and a corner over there, but the whole room was filled. I said the whole room was filled. Can I tell you, there's enough power of the Holy Ghost when we come together. Hey, nobody has to walk out them doors saying, I didn't feel a thing. Oh, but when we all come together, every one of us should be able to lift our hands and lift our voice and say, hey, it felt good in the house of God tonight. It felt good when the power of God began to reign on my brother. It felt good when the power of God began to reign all over the house. There at the, you can be seated at the end of verse 27. It's a continued thought. It says striving together for the faith of the gospel. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. I'm sure that every one of us here tonight are wise enough and smart enough to know that we have an enemy. We have adversaries that do not want to see the church prosper. They do not want to see the kingdom of God move forward. And that adversary comes against the people and comes against the body of God. Anybody believe that tonight? We have an enemy. His biggest trick, his biggest tactic is to cause division, to bring a divide. Amen. There's a lot of ways he can do it. He can do it with lies. He can do it with jealousy. He can do it with bitterness. He can do it with anger. But what's all the what's the end result of those things? It's division. It's a separation. That's what the adversary loves to do. But I've come to tell you there's a God that when he looks down, he knows what your adversary is trying to do to you. And when he sees you stand together with a made-up mind, there's something beautiful about that in the eyes of God. When he realizes they're not letting the enemy divide them. They're not let the enemy tear them apart and when I stand beside my brother I don't have to be afraid of my enemy I don't have to fear for my back because I know my brother's got me I know my sister's interceding I know there's somebody pushing the plate back for me and my family he said when you're striving together and nothing afraid nothing terrified of your adversary which is to them an evident token of perdition, or which is to them a sign that they're about to be defeated. 
It's a sign that they're about to face something that's going to tear their kingdom down. I want to tell somebody in the house of the Lord tonight that when we stand unified, that when we stand together, we don't have to be afraid. But it's contrary wise to that. Our enemy has to be afraid of us. Because when the enemy looks and he sees unity, he knows I can't divide them. They're, they're, they're together. He knows I can't sow discord with them because they're together. They've already put all those old things behind them. And they're ready to move forward together. They're ready to march upon the adversary. They're ready to march upon the enemy. And that's when we know that's our salvation. That's when we know it's not because of us, but it's because God looks down and God honors our unity. And God honors the fact that we've laid our differences aside. We've laid our own opinions aside. And we said, hey, we still believe Ephesians 4 and 5. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Hey, we've got our minds made up. We stand as one. The enemy's afraid when he sees you together. Because he knows, hey, there's only one direction for a unified church to go in, and that's forward. There's only one direction for a unified people to go in, and that's, that's beyond where they are today. They're gaining more ground in the spirit. They're going higher in the supernatural than they've ever been before. Can I tell you when you're going to see miracles? Hey, when we begin to bind together, when we begin to agree together, hey, hey, it's God's will to pour out His Spirit. It's God's will to heal. It's God's will to give miracles. It's God's will. I said it's His will to give you victory. It's His will to destroy every yoke of bondage in this place and it's when we come together that we can move forward James 2.19 says I believe there is one God thou doest well the devils also believe and tremble why does the devil tremble because God is one You don't get any more unified than that. You don't get any more unified than that. He can't go to God and divide God against himself. He can't go to God and get God to begin to quarrel with himself because there is but one God. How many knows his name tonight? I said, how many knows his name tonight? You see, when the, when the enemy, uh, when the devil, he knows there is but one God, he, gets, he begins to tremble. Uh, he's afraid because he realizes, uh, hey, I can't divide a God like that. Uh, I can't cause a God like that to fight amongst himself. Uh, he's unified. Uh, and when he speaks, there's power. Uh, when he speaks, uh, there's deliverance. Uh, when he speaks, uh, chains begin to fall. Uh, when he speaks, I come to tell you, uh, there's power. Uh, in one God there's power in the name of Jesus that causes hell to tremble you see Jesus Jesus gave us a revelation in the word of God in Mark chapter 3 verse 25 when he said and if a house be divided against itself that house cannot stand why did he say that? Because people begin to accuse him. Before they begin to say, I know how you're casting out the devil. He's using the power of the devil to cast out the devil. And Jesus said, that don't even make no sense. That'd be the devil working against him. Why would he do that? Jesus, Jesus was trying to tell him, you're smarter than that. You're just pulling for straws. You're just trying to make up some kind of excuse. You know that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So how would I, by the power of the devil, cast out the devil? That don't make sense. But what God was trying to let them know is there's no division in me. I'm doing exactly what I came to do. I stand in unity. I stand as one. And I've got the power to tell the devil when to go. I got the power to tell the devil where to go. 
I come to tell somebody God can speak to your depression tonight and tell it to go. Jesus, God can speak to your fear tonight and tell it to go. God can speak to that oppression and tell it to go. Tell it when and where and how long to stay there because he stands as one and there's none above him. There's none beside him. He is the one and the only. And when we stand with him, we're going forward. Hallelujah. A house that quarrels, a house that fights with itself, God said it can't stand. God said it won't stand. But there's going to be a division that happens. There's going to be a separation that happens. Oh, but a house that stands in agreement, a house that comes together, can I tell you, hell can't stop that house. Hell can't stop that home. Can I tell you about a church? When a church comes together, hell can't stop that church. Why do you think the devil loves to cause division in a church? He, he wants 30 or 40 to go over here and 20 or 30 to go over there. He likes to cause that church split. You ever heard about that? He likes to cause division. Why? Because he knows if I can divide them, I can destroy them. If I can set them against one another, I can tear them apart. I've come to tell a church in Bendale tonight, hey, there's unity being born in this place. Hey, there's an anointing rising up. Why? Because of unity. What happened here last night? Hey, it's only the beginning. I said it's only the beginning of a church that's together. A church that's moving forward. A church with a made up mind. It said, devil, get out of my way. There's one direction and it's forward. There's no backup in a united church. There's no reverse in a united church. But the church says we're forgetting about yesterday and we're moving on. Hallelujah. A united church. So I know, I know we may have clashed heads. We may have had a difference of opinion, but there's one thing that holds us together. I still believe there is but one God. There's a lot of things we could disagree about, but there's one thing we can all agree on, and that is there is nobody like Jesus. There is no deliverer like Jesus. So when I walk through these doors, I might have an opinion that you don't agree with, but baby, I'm going to lay it aside. And when I'm in this house, it's going to be nothing but unity. Nothing. You got a burden? Let me help you carry it. You got a weight? Let me help you carry it. And when I'm in trouble, I pray that you'll do the same. God help us to move forward. God help us to go forward. Not one by one, but together, together in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. Somebody ought to shout unto God. Somebody ought to shout unto God. Somebody ought to shout unto God with a voice of triumph in this house. Hey! I got a lot more I could say. But what I want us to do right now, I want you to take somebody by the hand. I want you to agree with somebody. I want you to walk down to this front, find you a little room somewhere, and let the devil know, hey, we're going forward in 2023. We're going forward this year. We're not going backwards. We're not backing up. But we're headed in the same direction. We're moving forward. We're moving forward in the name of Jesus. Find somebody with a burden and help them pray. Find somebody carrying some weights and help them pray. Find somebody in the valley and help them pray.
Find somebody that's fighting hell, fighting demons. Help them pray. In the name of Jesus, there's power in your unity. There's power in your unity. Come on, men. Come on, women of God. There's power when you bind together. There's power. Hey! I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I'm pressing forward. I'm pressing forward. Come on, we're going to forgive. We're going to forgive. We're going to forgive. And we're going to love. I said, and we're going to love. And we're going to love. And we're going to move forward. And we're going to move forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, there is but one. And that one name unites us. There is but one. And that one name draws us together. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Uh, Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. All it takes is a group of people coming together in the name of Jesus. Jesus, come on, church family. There ought to be something in you that says, I'm pressing. There ought to be something in you that says, I'm binding together. Hey, one mind, one accord, one goal, one purpose. We're going to have a move with the Holy Ghost. Come on, find somebody else. I said, find somebody else. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. Come on, step out of your comfort zone. If you got the number two or three that you link up with, find somebody else. Tell them, I'm standing with you too. I'm standing with you too. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, sister. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We're doing this together. I said, we're doing this together. Hey, when you hurt, I hurt. When you bleed, I bleed. When you struggle, I struggle. In the name of Jesus. Come on, if there's something in your heart that you know shouldn't be there, come on, make it right, make it right, make it right. Come on, we're moving forward. I said we're moving forward. Woo! Come on, it's all right. I said, it's all right, we stumble sometimes. It's all right, we fall sometimes. Hey, but when we got somebody there with us, hey, we can pick one another up. Hey, two, hey, they got a good reward for their labor. If one stumble, there's one there to pick them up. There's one there to tell them, hey, we're going on. And if the adversary has you backed in a corner, when you got some brother with you, they're there to resist with you. They're there to fight back. In the name of Jesus.
Come on, I'm about to step out your way. I'm about to get out of the way. Oh, but there ought to be a spirit that would rise up in this house tonight. Like those four men that had that man that was sick with the palsy. They said, it doesn't matter what it looks like. They say, there's no room for us here. Hey, it doesn't matter. I'm not going to be rejected. We're unified. We're going to climb up on the roof and we're going to see a miracle. I said, we're going to see a miracle. Is there anybody with enough unity in the house that says, hey, no matter what I got to do, I'm going to get my brother to Jesus. I'm going to get my... I'm going to get my sister to Jesus. Come on. One more time in unity, would you pray? One more time, would you press? One more time, would you push in Jesus' name? He's here. Come on, he's here. Come on, he's in the house. Come on, he's in the house. I rejoice with my sister. I rejoice with my brother. We're having victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hey, 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 in Jesus' name. Oh, there's power in the name. 
In Jesus' name. There's power. There's power. Break every chain. Come on in Jesus' name. Rise up, rise up. Come on in Jesus' name. Rise up. Oh, we're in this thing together. I love my brothers. I love my brothers. In Jesus' name, I'm gonna break every chain. Hey, come on, don't stay on the fringe, don't stay on the sidelines. Get in all the way, get in all the way oh, to break every chain. Break every chain.
There's something about the preaching of the Word of God when it's anointed and from the Lord. As a prophet looked across that valley that looked so hopeless, so parched, so long the division had been and the separation. Bones scattered from one side of the valley to the other. But if you'll just prophesy, man of God, if you'll just prophesy, if you'll just preach, there's a shakening that begins to take place and a unity that begins to take place. And every bone found its place. And out of that valley that looked so hopeless, God raised up a mighty army. <laughs> Maybe tonight you're looking at a situation that you just think there's just no way. But I believe if you've heard the man of God tonight, there is a way. He can pull this thing back together in unity. Starting with families and individuals. Starting with the church. Starting with all of us. Thank God for the word of God that we've heard in this house tonight. The power and the presence of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Anointing that destroys the yoke. That yoke, amen, that will destroy us. Praise God. What a word we've heard here tonight and a power of the Lord that we have felt in this service tonight. Thank God for the good evangelist has done such an outstanding job. Amen. Obeying the Lord, preaching the word. Hallelujah. We're so thankful for Brother Rouse and Sister Rouse. And, hey, we th we're thankful for Cruz. Amen. He's going to cruise right on through. Praise God. <laughs> we appreciate all of his family, those two girls and all of them. We do love and appreciate them and their labor and work for the kingdom of God. Amen. So we want to keep them in our prayers and that God would give them some direction. He needs them to direction. And we want God to help him in that area and to speak and maybe get some of that behind him. So you just kind of remember, Brother and Sister Rouse, if you don't mind, next few weeks and months, and uh, God's will could really be done in their lives. Okay? Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Ladies, we apologize to you. We came today. Man, we struggled and fought for two and a half hours. We pulled toilets. We jammed stuff. We done what we could. But there's a devil in that pipe on your side that we just couldn't drive out. But we're going to get it. We're going to get it. We had to send dynamite down in there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. No, with the help of the Lord, we're going to get it. Men, we're going to get a brand new one over here tomorrow, hopefully, prayerfully. On over here, we, uh, we decided to try to fix this one, too. And it probably wasn't the best day to do that, but we did. Amen. But we're going to get it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God's going to help us. So by Sunday, if you'll just pray, the help of the Lord, we'll have all of it going and everything will be okay. All right. We love you tonight. Appreciate you. Don't forget Brother Sanford's scheduled to be with us. If he's not, Brother Rouse will. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, we, we're going to work something out. I promise you. God's going to be with us and help us along this journey. That's what it's all about because we're in this together. 
We want to be caught up together. Meet him in the air together. Amen. So we love you tonight. Appreciate each one of you. God bless you. You're so faithful. Amen. It doesn't matter what time. I've had missionaries, evangelists, and all of them tell me, said, man, your church is just so faithful. It don't matter what night of the week you call it. They show up. They don't use these excuses. They don't grumble and gripe. Man, they just show up and we have church. So thank you. The honors to you. The appreciations to you. And we thank you for it tonight. God bless you. Give yourself a good hand. Praise God. Love and appreciate you tonight. God bless you.